The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is a true story. So I'm working at the gym this morning, and my girlfriend's like, do you think I need to have my face, like, laser resurfaced? I'm like, no. She's like, literally, I've been saving, and, you know, I'm at a certain age. I don't want to do a facelift, but I just want, like, brand new skin. I'm like, listen to me. Listen, Linda. Don't do something like that. Before you try something like that, which you don't need, invest in a tool where you can actually take control of the texture and the fine lines and just make your skin look baby soft again. Because she didn't have like major wrinkles or sagging. It's just like, I get it. Like sometimes your skin just looks dull. So I convinced her to order my favorite device from Trophy Skin. What I love from Trophy Skin that I told her to order is the Ultra Derm MD. Now, it's not like, you know, a super cheap thing. It's $349. I've got a discount code for you. But are you kidding me? Like she would have spent, I don't know, probably $3,000 if she went to have her face laser resurfaced. And this device is like having a spa treatment by an esthetician in your own home. It completely exfoliates your face. It helps, which when you do that, then your skin can absorb all of your lotion so much better. It makes your skin so much smoother, so much softer. The other day, I was looking at my skin in a 10X mirror. I'm like, okay, I have forgotten to use it in so long. And so I'm watching the Pam and Tommy Lee documentary. Have you guys seen that? Well, it's not a documentary. It's a show on Netflix. And I just, I just, when I finished it, my skin looked like it did in the 90s when all of that happened. You can try the whole line of the Trophy Skin products by going to trophyskin.com and you're going to get an additional 15% off on checkout. And they've got super affordable tools, etc. But what I love is that they're all designed for you to take control. And instead of having to pay like, you know, spa prices, you can do these things at home. And that's the key is stay on top of your skincare. Again, trophyskin.com. Enter the code LIFER. Don't forget, LIFER, because that's how you're going to get your 15% off. If you're not interested in the Ultra Derm MD, another great tool for brighter skin is the Brighten MD. That's only like 100 bucks, plus you get your 15% off, and you'll love it. It's micro-stimulation. It improves your skin's appearance. It's super portable, easy to use. Anyways, check it out, trophyskin.com. Enter the code LIFER for 15% off. Yo, hey, welcome to this edition of The Shaleen Show. Today, I want to talk about something that I've been trying to wrap my head around, like trying to figure out, like, what is this that's been going on, like, in society and in groups of friends, just kind of everywhere in the world today? And it's this phenomenon that I've noticed, I'm sure you have too, where It's really unpopular to have an opinion that might vary even slightly from the general consensus of what is an acceptable opinion. It just feels like there's less and less tolerance for people to have a variety of opinions. It's kind of a strange thing. And so I've been trying to make sense of it myself. And today I wanted to break it down, like break down what I think about all this anyways. And guess what? (laughs) It's okay if you don't agree with me. 
Isn't that a strange concept? All right, let's talk about it. True to form, I love to always share with you what's the inspiration behind recording an episode. This is one of the reasons why I don't record episodes like some podcasters record topics weeks and weeks in advance. Your girl likes to talk about what's on her mind in the moment. So today is Tuesday that I'm recording this. This comes out on Wednesday. And on Sunday of this week, the Oscars were on TV. And everybody on Monday morning was talking about the incident between Chris Rock and Will Smith. And I too had an immediate reaction to it. I had an immediate reaction to seeing the slap. And I noticed that a lot of people were talking about it on social media. Like, well, frankly, everybody was talking about it on social media. And at first it was like, I mean, this is something everyone's going to agree is a really bad thing. But the more time went by, the more I started to see people who had responded about it, taking their posts down, changing their stance, going silent, or just completely retracting what they said and changing what they said. I saw celebrities and influencers and thought leaders all making statements about it and then like changing their statements or attacking other people for their statements or their opinions or their beliefs. And and then certain people saying you don't have a right to talk about it, and other people saying like you don't understand the context and you're wrong. And it was just crazy. All the like, all of the fighting that I saw happening over people's opinions. Like nobody, no one was disagreeing about what happened, but everyone was arguing to convince other people that there was like only one way to look at this scenario. And this episode is not going to be, I promise you, it is not going to be about that incident. But watching all of that unfold and all of the people who were prompting me to say something like, you know, in my direct messages or on social media, people were saying like, what do you think about that? Are you going to say anything about it? You know, it it made me feel like I, I should, but also I had this really strong sense that I didn't want to because I didn't have all the information. And also... Why does my opinion matter on this subject? Like, I'm not the moral authority. What does my opinion matter? And why do we think that everyone has to have an opinion on everything and put it out there to the world? There's this really kind of strange thing that's happened. And the more I started looking at it to go, like, what is this phenomenon? It is groupthink. That's what it is. And groupthink is a very dangerous thing. It's how cults are started. It's how corporations meet their demise. It's how families stay stuck in a legacy of abuse and trauma and closed-mindedness. It's how politics becomes so radical. And frankly, I think it stifles our creativity and our evolution. There's no question that social media plays a huge part in all of this. But I want to just like break down what groupthink is because that's what's going on. And group think or group thinking can be very dangerous, especially when it's anchored to very persuasive, very intolerant, very authoritative personalities. And the cornerstone of group think is when people feel like they have to rush to an opinion. They have to quickly make a post on social media and take a stance on something where they don't have all the information. And we're doing this now and and we're pointing fingers at people if they don't take a stance on whatever's going on in the world or whatever's happening in TV or, or in social media or pop culture. We are then crucifying people who don't come out and quickly take an, a position instead of allowing people 
to do their due diligence, to gather more details, to review, to understand the context, to review some research, to check some facts, to look at some data. I mean, the most dangerous thing you can do right now is have an opinion that dissents from the popular opinion on just about anything. You'll get banned on social media platforms. I mean, there was a time, it's just crazy to think that not too long ago, I was interviewing researchers and I was really in a research scientific mode. Like I I just wanted all the best research. I didn't care about what was a popular opinion when it came to diet and health, et cetera. But man, I was not able to do that during the pandemic because Anyone who had research that was contrary in any shape or form to that of what's commonly held as factual or the right stance, if you will, the correct position, would have meant that my podcast would be taken down. It gets banned on certain platforms. People come for you, whether you're on the right or the left or down the middle, it doesn't matter. Then people try to tell you whether you're on the right or the left and your own, even if Someone says you're on the left and and they're on the left, they'll still come for you because you didn't toe the line the way they expected you to or you didn't share absolutely every single ideology, opinion, stance, position that they have. It's shocking and it's concerning how little tolerance we have for diversity of opinion today, even just for allowing somebody with a dissenting opinion or facts or research or data, a platform. And that is such a freaking dangerous place to be. And the reason why groupthink takes hold is because none of us, I don't want to feel this way and you don't want to feel this way. No one wants to feel ostracized. No one wants to feel like everyone's pointing at them and saying, you don't belong, we reject you. So it's very uncomfortable for people to dissent. It just requires a healthy dose of confidence and it requires an environment where that's permitted. But dissent often leads to, frankly, better decisions. It's one of the things we talk about at Team Johnson. I'm always trying to reiterate how important it is that everyone on our team is on the same team and that Just because I'm the CEO, if I come up with an idea and it's really stupid, or there's a way that we've been doing things that just really doesn't make sense, or it's closed-minded, or it's short-sighted, that I need people on our team who will challenge it. Because our goal is to be better, like to be a better company. I want my family to be a better family. I want our marriage to be a better marriage. I want my friendships to be more evolved. And in order to do that, people have to be willing to say uncomfortable things in a way that others can handle hearing it. The most dangerous thing that you can do is dismiss other people's opinions, statistics, data, even facts. And sometimes when people are afraid to be the only dissenter, they self-censor themselves. They hold back. And you might think that holding back your opinion when you don't agree with something is a way to stay neutral. It feels like you're being neutral if you hold your opinion. But when we hold our opinion, and our opinion is one that dissents from the group, what we actually do is strengthen the confidence of groupthink. When a dissenter holds back information or even just a question like, hey, so why are we doing this? Or is the statistic right? Or 
Is there another way of looking at this? When that happens, groupthink takes on more confidence, right? Because you're like, well, gosh, no one's challenging this. So that quiet little voice in the mind of a would-be, a would-be, a potential dissenter, they might say to themselves, like, I don't know, is this right? I don't know if I agree with this. If we see that everybody else does, you start to question yourself. You're like, yeah, so maybe, maybe I'm wrong and I should just go along with everybody else. And that starts to make the whole group more confident that their position is the only position. Now, it's really dangerous the less diverse your group is. We got caught up in this position, in this place, in my company, Team Johnson. There was a time when, when I'm not talking about diversity in terms of ethnicity, religion, or anything like that. I'm, I'm talking about there was a time at Team Johnson where I just feel like we had a lot of folks on our team who were total people pleasers, and they were not willing to, or not comfortable, I should say, not comfortable putting their hand up in the air and saying like, nah, I don't know if that's the best idea. And because of that, we really got stagnant and we made a lot of pretty dumb decisions, I think, at Team Johnson that we've since really tried to hire and change our team up so that we've got people who are willing to say like, eh, you know, I'm okay with a little, little bit of conflict because we're all on the same team and I want this to be the best possible outcome. And I just don't feel like society is in that place right now. I feel like right now society is in this huge rush to have everyone feel certain that we all have the same opinion. The other cornerstone of groupthink is when there's a position that's taken immediately and the expectation is that everyone shares that same opinion and everyone shares the same belief. And that can really snowball very quickly because when other people who are a little less assured, the the people who before they have an opinion, they want to hear what everybody else's opinion is, the less independent thinkers. When a less independent thinker makes a statement about anything that, you know, is now their opinion because they woke up and they read everybody else's social media posts and they're like, okay, okay, I have formed an opinion. And my opinion is based on what the group has said is our opinion. And so now I'm going to formally state my opinion. When you formally state your opinion or take a position, if you will, your brain, it's like part of your subconscious, your ego like needs to be right. Because now what you've said or the position that you've taken, it it says something about who you are. And so the brain immediately goes into cognitive dissonance. And we've talked about that many times on the show. Cognitive dissonance is when our brain begins to search for information that therefore supports our beliefs. And that's the only thing that we're going to see. And it carefully filters out any negative detail, any information, any data, any research, any opinion that might contradict our own position. I mean, we all do this. I'm just as guilty as anyone else. It's just, it's a subconscious thing that we all do, but it's really super dangerous when we take a position before we've actually taken the time to figure out what our position should be, where we've rushed to a judgment and we've rushed to that judgment because we don't want to be the dissenter. We don't want to be ostracized. We don't want to be singled out. We want to be accepted. And so, therefore, cognitive dissonance is created and strengthened by our influences. And our influences can sometimes come from influencers, right? It can come from the podcast that we listen to, the information that we take in, the news that we watch, the people that we follow, the books that we read, the podcasts that we listen to. And listen, I mean, I'm just as guilty of this as anyone. I'm I'm not like recording this and trying to pretend like I'm this independent thinker. 
But if I'm being all the way honest, I do not like the fact that in recent years, I'm self-censoring. I'm censoring my thoughts. I'm holding back my true opinion because I'm like, well, this doesn't fit what this group believes or this doesn't fit like what my friends over here believe or this isn't what everyone else says to say. And I don't feel safe sharing a dissenting opinion. It's not that I fear being attacked or someone disagreeing with me. In the past, that's all you kind of had to contend with is like, well, some people are going to be mad or some people are not going to agree with me. And that never bothered me. But today, it just feels like not just one person who has a differing opinion from you or even a group of people are going to disagree with you, but rather it feels like there's this whole societal decision that we all have the same opinion on everything. (laughs) I mean, with the exception of politics, right? But even politics has become so divided. Like that's why, and I'm just telling you, I have no interest in being right or left or in the middle because things have become so radical that if you declare you're on one side or the other, then you have to adopt every single position of that political party or that group of people. And I'm just, I'm too independent of a thinker to be called an independent, to be called a liberal, to be called a Democrat, to be called a Republican, to be called a moderate. Like, I don't want any of those labels because with any one of those labels, there is a strange belief that you have to therefore share all of the beliefs of anyone else who shares that given label. And that ain't me. It doesn't make me a coward. It doesn't make me independent. It doesn't make me courageous. It just is my decision not to get caught up in group think. And I'm really, I have been trying, especially in the last, I'd say like three or four years where I started to just really feel this happening. I've been trying to preserve my independent thinking intentionally. If you looked at the the people that I follow, the podcasts that I listen to, the books that I read, you would be very confused. You would not be able to figure out my position or my thinking or my politics on anything because it's all so varied and it's really intentional. It's intentional because I'm curious and I just don't understand why we want to attack anyone who has an opinion or a lifestyle different from our own. I don't understand why we don't try to just understand where they're coming from. What are their experiences? What has their life been like? What is their culture like? I just want to understand. I don't have to agree, and I certainly don't have to change your mind. I don't need to change your mind. When someone feels the need, when I see these social media posts, where people just attack a person for having a view different than their own. I think to myself, does anyone really think they're going to change that person's mind or heart? You might bully somebody into changing their position, into pretending that they're someone that they're not. People don't change because they've been bullied or threatened or shamed into stating that they have an opinion other than the one that they really have. I mean, it's pretty rare that a group of strangers behind a keyboard can change a person's heart. You you change a person's heart when you see them, when they know that you see them, 
when you seek to understand them. That's the only way you can earn someone's trust, which allows them to bring their guard down, which allows you to be able to help them answer questions and reach their own conclusions. They have to have the experience. We can't just be told something one time or read a hashtag or, you know, be scolded by somebody in a Facebook group and suddenly change our own beliefs. It's just not how it happens. I want to hear people's opinions. I want to hear other people's perspective. I want to hear what people think about something through their own lens and form my own opinion. I don't want to get caught up in groupthink of any group. I want my time on this planet to be less judgmental. I want to understand. I really want to figure out. I want to know. I want to know more when I meet someone or hear about someone whose opinion doesn't line up with my initial reaction or my initial opinion or my opinion based on the lens of my own experiences. I want I want to know more because your truth can be true even if it's different than my truth because it is based on our experiences. And it's dangerous. It's one of the reasons why inside the pod squad, so I have this Facebook group, right? We started it for people who listen to the podcast to go in and share their opinions, opinions about particular topics. And sometimes people forget that it's like less about the topic and they'll make it about me. They'll be like, Shaleen really got it wrong on this thing. Well, you know, I don't love that. I don't want any of it to be about me. I don't want to be attacked. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't like the way that feels, but I allow it to happen in the group. It, it goes with the territory. But the whole reason why I created that group is because I want this community to be a place where we are tolerant of other people's opinions. And by tolerant, I don't mean that you have to adopt it and you have to agree with it, but I'm saying I just don't understand why we've come to this place, especially online, where we think we can change other people's opinion by stating that they're wrong and we're right, when that's not always the case. And I also understand passion. I understand that we all have our own experiences, and sometimes we are so passionate about our beliefs, and we believe that we have to defend those beliefs or it's dangerous for other people, or it's dangerous for the mission, or we lose our grip, our foothold, our progress, if you will. And you know, that's part of the culture too, where now you're supposed to fiercely defend your position, your belief about anything and everything, which turns into all of this fighting and name calling and accusations and labels and what we should really be doing, and this is just my opinion, is go back to just asking questions. Asking each other questions the way we do in person. You don't see people behaving this way when they're to dinner. If you sit down two people who have very different experiences, grew up in completely different environments, different religions, different races, different ethnicities, different political beliefs, and you sit them down at a table for dinner, they'll break bread. They'll ask each other questions. They'll be humane. They'll be kind. They'll be understanding. And progress is made. But man, you put those same two people behind the security of their keyboards, and you won't see carefully crafted questions. You'll see judgment and anger, division, name-calling, labeling, 
you see hate, and hate scares people. And then other people are reading it, and they think to themselves, well, I don't want to be hated. I don't want this anger to come towards me. Whoever is the loudest, the most charismatic, the most persuasive, I'm going to adopt their position. We can have differing opinions and they can both be right because they are right based on our own perception, our own experience, and through our own lens. Speaking of which, I'm listening to this audiobook. I'm actually listening to two really good audiobooks. I'm going to do a an upcoming podcast of documentaries to watch and audiobooks to listen to or books to read. Anyways, one of the books that I'm listening to on Audible is a memoir. And there's a chapter where the author describes a very, very traumatic childhood experience in vivid detail. And what I really appreciated about the way she wrote the section is she said, this is exactly how I remember it. However, I've checked with my siblings, including one who was involved in this traumatic fire, and their recollection of the event is vastly different, vastly different. Like there are different people involved. How things went down was completely different. And they were both pretty close to the same age. They both experienced the same thing at the same time, but yet their experiences were so different. They both put different people in that scenario. Different things happened. Is one of them completely wrong? Is one of them lying? Or is it possible that both of them All right. Is it possible that it really doesn't even matter what actually happened? Because the only thing that matters is their perception, their perception and their memory of what happened, the memory that they formed based on their perception. That is their reality. So it would be pointless to try to convince one or the other that they're wrong. I give the author so much credit because she actually calls attention to it. She says, you know, this is not at all how my brother remembers this scenario, but this is exactly what I remember. And I'm going to go with it. But I just appreciated that she didn't conform. She didn't censor her brother's experience. She actually included it in her memoir. And that is a really important thing that we all need to do. I just want to encourage you, if you've listened to this point, First of all, you don't have to share my opinion. In fact, I hope that you don't share all of my opinions. But I do hope that what you will do is recognize that when you have a dissenting opinion and you self-censor yourself, it is normal to do so because we fear rejection. But that doesn't mean that we should adopt someone's opinion out of fear. This is how cults are formed. This is how evil dictators take hold because their voice is given more authority, because they're louder, because they're polarizing, because they're powerful and dominant. And we let them speak first. And when you let someone who is powerful and polarizing and dominant and not open-minded and, and not forgiving and, and not tolerant of other opinions, what happens is less independent thinkers will rally And they adopt that position without exercising any critical thinking. And as a society, if we are devaluing critical thinking, we're in a whole heap of trouble. And I just want to caution you, if right now you're thinking of a particular political party 
and you're not thinking that it's happening on both sides, you only think it's happening on the side that you're opposed to, I hate to break the news to you, but you, my friend, have gotten caught up in the groupthink. Groupthink has taken hold if you're no longer willing to listen to the devil's advocate, if you're no longer listening to that person who's willing to take a position where they're asking the right kind of questions, proposing an alternate way of looking at things without necessarily declaring that there's a right way or a wrong way, but just saying, like, have you considered, if you're not willing to listen to a have you considered, if you've closed your mind off, you are dangerously close to the core of groupthink. And the way that we safeguard ourselves from this is by returning to the skill of asking questions. The way that we can safeguard ourselves, our families, our community, our society from this is by adopting diversity, diversity of opinions, by asking questions, by practicing independent thinking, by allowing your kids to have independent thinking, by teaching them how to challenge their own beliefs. A couple weekends ago, I was spending time with my friend, Dr. Michaela. Obviously, she's a therapist, and we were talking about different client scenarios, obviously never sharing names, but she'll say like, oh, you know, this one client, they had this scenario where this guy did blah, 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 and I have said to her so many times, like, so then did you tell that woman that she needs to leave this guy, that he's a psychopath? Or did you tell this man that what he's doing is jeopardizing his family and he needs to stop doing that? Or did you tell this person that they need to do fill in the blank, right? Because that would be my (laughs) go-to. You know, your girl loves to be a know-it-all. Like, if you can see the right way, if it's so plain as day, what it is they need to do. As a therapist, how do you... Stop yourself from just telling them what to do so that they can avoid further damage. And she explained to me that a good therapist, anyways, isn't going to do that because it doesn't do any good. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It doesn't do any good when people do it in social media either. But the reason why therapists do it this way is because it's not their job. The role of a therapist is to help a client have better comprehension of what's going on, of of what motivates them, what's at the core of the way that they think or act or behave. And to empower them to trust themselves. And the way that they do that isn't by telling them what to think. It's by asking them questions that get them to think critically, that get them to reflect on their own beliefs, on their own choices, on their own experiences, on their own childhood. And in doing so and using critical thinking, they begin to question like, yeah, maybe there is another way. And that's so much more powerful when you invite people to think critically and you invite people, you give people the space to take in the information that they need, to look at the context, to look at the data, to open up their eyes and see things in a different light. I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. I know I am a very opinionated person and so many of my opinions and beliefs have been changed and my heart has softened and my eyes have opened because I've asked the right questions. 
But we're so afraid. We're so afraid to ask those questions and to see something that opposes our own beliefs. And for some reason, we think that's going to challenge or threaten who we believe we are. But if at your core, you know that you're a kind and loving person, if you know your morality, if you know your heart, does it really matter what other people think? Does it matter how people judge you? You know, I'm saying that and I understand that, yeah, it does, sadly. I mean, the point is today you do have to worry. You do have to worry because it feels like society has become so homogeneous. It's been gradual, but we've witnessed just a profound shift in social media where people are openly quick to adopt whatever it is we've decided is the right opinion or stance. You know, again, just to bring it back to the Oscars, it was so interesting how on Sunday night, there were all these very distinct opinions and people coming forward and saying like, you know, it was wrong and it was assault. And then by Monday morning, that it all shifted and changed. And many people were apologizing for the things that they said. Or the reverse, you know, like the Oscars coming forward and saying like, oh, you know what? We suddenly have a new stance on all of this. But our new stance isn't because we actually have a stance. Our new stance is because we're taking the temperature of public opinion. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who many people would consider to be very radical in her opinions. And she was telling me that somebody commented on one of her blogs, like, what happened to you? Because her blogs have become very political, very angry. And she was telling me that she's like, nothing happened to me. I just feel far less tolerant of people's ignorance. I have no tolerance for ignorance or bigotry or selfishness or closed-mindedness. And, you know, if that makes me a radical, then so be it. Fortunately, we have the kind of relationship where I could say to her, but if truly what we want is change, calling someone a bigot or telling them that they're ignorant to their face isn't going to create change. It's going to create more division, more anger. I mean, feel free to call them that behind their backs. But if truly we want people to change, people to be more tolerant, more loving, more accepting. We don't accomplish that by being intolerant. Does that make sense? I don't know what the answers are for others. And I don't want to be your voice. I don't want to set an opinion for you. I don't want to tell you how to think or what to think or what to do. I just share on the show what I'm going through, what I'm thinking about, and how I'm trying to evolve as a human. And I'm just telling you from my own perspective, I want to get better at asking questions. I want to continue to understand. It helps me evolve. It makes me more loving. It makes me more patient, more tolerant, more understanding, and it brings me peace. And if you practicing asking questions as opposed to attacking 
even when we're all, I mean, we all have moments where we're compelled to do that, where we want to defend, where we want to smack someone upside the head with a frying pan and say, literally, are you that ignorant? But it doesn't do any good to do that. So for me, I'm just going to take a breath and remember to ask questions, to seek to understand. And when I seek to understand, I feel more peace. I hope you do too. Hey, thanks for listening to me processing through all of this. Kind of a deep episode, huh? A little philosophical, I guess. It'll get back to lighthearted, crazy stuff on Friday, I promise. Let me know in the pod squad. Do you guys want on Friday? I have a couple things planned, but I, I could move up the Friday episode and I could do the audiobooks and documentaries to watch and listen. That could kind of be a fun Friday, but we could also just make it, you know, our typical Friday where whoever's sitting here on the couch, we'll have a good chat with them. Marge and Bill have been pretty funny lately. I've talked to them a couple of times on the phone and they, oh, they are a riot. So you just tell me what you want because The Shalene Show is really your show. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. The Shalene Show is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. The Shalene Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shalene's other podcast, Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media, and marketing, and devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes. The drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you, inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No-cost gen ed provided by Strayer University affiliates of your learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEF.